All right, everyone, thanks for joining today uh, and good Friday. Uh, I didn't really think about that until we started. So as we start, I just think it's appropriate, at least for me, I need to just at least acknowledge it's good Friday. Thanks for the day that, you know, just talked with my boys this morning, acknowledging the day that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. And then on Easter, we'll celebrate his resurrection. So always something I think is important that we keep in mind and a focus. Um, so it is a good Friday to think about what he's done. And it is good today too, because we have uh, Jim here with us. And Jim is going to be talking about a topic that I think a lot of us find rather confusing, and that is health insurance, right? All the different options and choices with health insurance. And so, uh, Jim, I know you've done this work for a lot of time. And I just kind of, I'm glad to have you here today. And I know you kind of have a presentation, so I might just sit back, let you kind of go through it and ask questions as it works. And if anybody is listening, you want to jump in something in the chat, I will try to be watching that as Jim talks to you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be here, uh, especially on Good Friday. Um, my, my wife, Nancy, and I have been health coverage uh, advisors for a while now, me longer than her. She's a little bit newer to the game, um, but uh, it has gotten really confusing. And if you're not dealing with it on a regular basis, health insurance can be a mess. Um, it can be one of those things where you don't know exactly what you're getting and there's so much vernacular and terminology built into health insurance that people get lost in the coinsurance and deductible and, and copay and it all just kind of becomes an alphabet soup of, of garbage. And so um, it, it really helps to work with an advisor that will slow the process down and take the time to speak with you about your specific situation and help you find the, the best solution. All right, I'm going to try to share my screen here. Let's see what happens. Let's see. I need to click on this. I think you're very correct, Jim. I mean, a lot of times people just don't even know all the options that are out there. So if you're fortunate and you have, you know, a company sponsor plan, that's great. And then what we see it happen a lot is then when someone's going to retire, right? And maybe they're retiring early, then it's, you know, how do they get insurance before Medicare? And if they are getting Medicare, then you have the supplement that comes with it. And if you don't have a company sponsored plan, then it, then you deal with the complications for uh, a long time. So anyway, I'm excited to have you share and go through all this today. Are you seeing my screen? I am just popped up. Uh, the, the one that has my picture in the bottom corner and yeah. Okay, very good. So yeah, it worked. Um, I said before, my wife and I both are advisors. I want to talk a little bit about how we work with clients before I get into the differences. A lot of advisors are like, oh, yeah, man, have I got a deal for you? And I don't take that approach. I want to know what a client's situation is. I want to make sure that the solution that we come back with for them is custom fit for what they need. So I ask a lot of questions on the front end. I look at all the relevant options. I then put together a list of options and get ready to explain them. And then I educate the client on their best options I don't like to force them into one, one choice. I like to give them some options. Uh, even if I can say from the very beginning, this is a perfect fit, I wanna make sure they still have options. Um, I am a captive agent with US Health Advisors. My wife is an independent agent. Um, US Health Advisors plans, this is the plan that my wife and I have right now. And with our knowledge of the industry, if there was something better out there, we'd already be on it. Um, these plans have no annual deductible that you have to pay. There's no co-pays when you go to the doctor. In the case of a, a horrible situation, your max out of pocket is $3,000. After that, everything else is covered 100% with no cap. 
in the case of an accident, 500 is your max out of pocket, no matter how bad that accident is. And these plans do offer sickness, accident coverage, wellness coverage. But here's the thing. They're not available in all 50 states. They're only available in about 33 states. So in some situations, it's not a viable solution for everybody we talk with. Now, the Affordable Care Act is the, uh, it's the standard by which everything else is, is viewed because it is available in all 50 states and Puerto Rico and the District of Columbia and everywhere else you know, that we're attached to. When the, when the act passed in 2010 for implementation January 1st, 2014, they set up the 10 essential health benefits that they said were required to be Affordable Care Act compliant. Those are things like it must have wellness coverage, it must have pregnancy coverage, it must have psychiatric coverage, and some other for a total of 10 essential health benefits. Most private plans out there do not have all 10 in them. So part of the education process for someone who's looking at an alternative to the Affordable Care Act um, is what's missing in this that I might need. So a lot of times there's a lot of questions around those specific types of, uh, of, of wellness, or I'm sorry, those specific types of health coverage that uh, need to be uncovered from the beginning to make sure that this isn't what the person needs, because a lot of times this is exactly what they need. And for people with serious pre-existing conditions, you really only have a couple of choices. That is group insurance through your work or an individual plan through the exchange, an Affordable Care Act plan. It is guaranteed coverage. They have to issue the policy. They can't say, no, I'm sorry, you've had cancer before. You can't have this. That pre-existing conditions do not play into this at all. You are guaranteed acceptance. Some of the problems, high deductibles and max out-of-pockets, large deductibles on many of these plans. And the out-of-pocket for a typical bronze plan is $8,500 max out-of-pocket per person, 17,000 for the family. And usually it's only available from November 1st through December 15th of each year for implementation the next year. Now there's a huge open enrollment going on right now and it's just been extended by the president until August 15th, open enrollment for, for Affordable Care Act plans will continue. And uh, I urge you to take a look at what you currently have coverage wise and see if you need to take advantage of this open enrollment if, they're, you know, if, if you're not happy with what you have. Short-term policies, these are being demonized right now by, uh, by the health world as, uh, as, quote, bad. They're not always bad. I think they were originally designed to be gap fillers. When you were leaving one company, going to another company, or you knew you had guaranteed insurance at a certain date, but you needed something to fill a gap. These policies have a specific end date. And when that date occurs, they may be renewed only at the leisure of, or the pleasure of the insuring company. They can say, nope, we're not renewing you. And they can leave you hanging out there with no insurance. And if there's not an open enrollment going on, you may not be able to get insurance. So the timing that you use with setting up these short-term policies, which have great price points, but have limitations. Um, fixed deductibles don't have a whole lot of, um, a lot of options you can add on. Of course, you can add like an accident plan on the side or something. The, the reason that many people use these is because they are lower priced than the Affordable Care Act plans. And from a, um, from a true dollars out of pocket perspective, they look more um, like something somebody might want to go to to save uh, premium dollars. So but, Jim, yes. I'm just thinking with this, could it be something too, like let's say someone's retiring and maybe they're 64, you know, we can't yep. get Medicare until 65. 
Right. Um, and so we really have that year that we need to have coverage. This could be something, you know, depending again on health and, and all these other factors, but this could yes. be a good lower alternative for that, that yep. person. It, again, if you have a fixed period of time that you need to fill, some of these plans will even go up to three years, but most of them are designed to be 12 months or six months. There's a few states where limitations are, it can't be more than six months. Illinois is a good example. Six months is the maximum length plan that you can write in Illinois on a, on a, a short-term policy. And if someone needs a six month policy or wants a uh, short-term policy in Illinois right now, it, and it started to, uh, yesterday, it would run out October 1st. Wow. And if they, if they develop something uh, that's not insurable, they may have two months there for the month of, of November and December with no health insurance because they've, they've, they've been non-renewed by the insured insurer and uh, no one else will touch them until an Affordable Care Act plan can kick in for January 1st. So in looking at the short-term policies, I always suggest if someone is looking at one of these, make sure you have guaranteed coverage at the end date. Right. Okay. That's um, do you know what Wisconsin's rules are? Is that 12 months or do you? Un moment. Don't go 12. Yeah, okay. 12 months in Wisconsin. So you can write it, you could write an eight month policy or a nine month policy right now that would end December 31st, coinciding with having all the options back on the table again during open enrollment. Okay. Okay. Fixed indemnity plans. Now these plans are set up in such a way that you receive a specific benefit for certain things. Um, these payments go directly to you as the insured. They do not go to the provider. They don't go to the doctor. They don't go to the hospital. Um, you know, it may pay $250 if you go to the emergency room or 500 if you're admitted in the hospital or 3000 if you have a surgery. But again, very few fixed indemnity plans have catastrophic coverage. So if something truly horrible happens, you still may be out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you have to be, and I use Philadelphia American as an example, but there are several companies, United Healthcare has some fixed indemnity plans as well. Um, I, I am... I'm a little bit skeptical of these plans because they don't, as a general rule, guarantee you that there is a point where you no longer have to pay anymore. And that because they don't have that, because they don't have that safety net, you may still be, you know, have a, a liability of, 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 you know, pretty good size if something horrible happens, you know, a, a invasive cancer or horrible heart situation, brain tumor. I mean, the, the things that, that can really cost a lot of money. They also do not usually come with wellness coverage nor any kind of prescription coverage. And so, uh, again, the, the, uh, the price points look great, but make sure that you dig in really deep and understand the coverage you're getting before you choose to, to go with one of these types of plans. Um, sharing networks have gotten really, really huge over the course of the last six, seven years. Um, I, it's my true belief that these were all started for the right reasons. People who cared about each other, trying to find a way to share the burden when someone, you know, someone ended up sick. They used to be a lot lower priced than other plans. Uh, they have steadily increased, as I have down here at the bottom. They've steadily increased in cost over the last few years because it's just getting more and more expensive to pay hospital bills. Um, they usually have certain things excluded from these plans. And you do have to go through some minimal underwriting to get approved for one of these plans. Um, the prices uh, continue to go up, but here's the piece that I have with the asterisk here. There is no true guarantee of payment. And, you know, 
it's it's one of those situations where there is no contract between you as the insured and the insuring company that they will pay your bills if this then that. So uh, as a insurance professional, my job is to mitigate risk, is to make sure that if something happens to one of my clients, that their insurance company is going to take care of that according to a, a, a structure that is built into every insurance uh, contract. There is no guarantee. And uh, with, with these systems, it really is, and I hate to use this terminology, but it is, it's pay and pray. You pay monthly and you pray that they're going to be able to take care of you should something happen. Yeah. And, and I know, Jim, I have a few um, people that I know that have these plans yes. and I haven't saw a time where they haven't covered a big thing. And one of them had a baby that needed a, a major, major um, surgery and it was covered. But I will say there's a more, I don't want to say hoops to jump through, but more responsibility and the member to, yeah. you know, get the bills, do some of those things. So I think that's important too. Yeah, I, I get it. There's no guarantee. My experience, most of them have been pretty good at about pain, but you as the insured, right? Um, right. Or the member does have a little bit more work, right? On getting this. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, their ability to pay um, the bills, so to speak, is very much dependent upon their own cash flow. Right. And so when very, very large uh, losses occur, uh, it may take time uh, to, to get it all paid, if at all. And I'll, I'll leave that alone and go to the next thing. A lot of, um, a lot of people have started taking advantage of direct primary care. Uh, another name for this, for a similar type service is concierge type care, where you pay a fixed monthly price and then you can go to the doctor, the primary care physician, as, as many times as is necessary. Your wellness visits are covered. Your traditional visits are covered up to minor ER things like even a, a fracture where you just you need a cast or you need stitches or those types of things can be covered under this direct primary care. And I'm now seeing more and more people take direct primary care and then buy a catastrophic plan on the side to take care of should something really bad happen. Right. And those two together are, are, are not a bad solution um, for, um, for someone who is looking to do this as inexpensively as possible. Uh, direct primary care is available a lot more places than it was a couple of years ago when I was first introduced to it. And we still see more and more of these popping up around the country. If you'll do a Google search for direct primary care and your city, you may go and visit and, and interview one of these doctors uh, and find out how their direct primary care office works. Um, I wanted to just touch on Medicare a little bit because there are, uh, there are a lot of folks like me that are baby boomers and the 65 plusers continue to grow. Um, I'm, I'll, I still have two and a half years to go, but I'm going this direction soon as well. When you turn 65, as long as you don't have continuing group coverage through your employer, you, you pretty much have to go ahead and get yourself signed up for Part A and Part B. Uh, part A and Part B are the two main parts of Medicare. Uh, part A is mostly hospital coverage, and Part B is more about doctor's visits and other aspects of outpatient medical care. Um, the, these two are not competitors. They're actually designed to be complementary to each other to provide you coverage for the hospital and at the doctor's office. Um, yes. A lot of times, isn't it, even if you're still working, don't you need to sign up? For the part A, it doesn't like part, part A. Part, part A, you part A, you have to do in a seven-month window surrounding your 65th birthday. Yeah. Three yeah. three months before your birth month, three months after your birth month. Somewhere in that seven months, you have to sign up for part A. You can 
put Part B off if you are currently covered under an employer's plan. But as soon as you leave your employment, you have an eight-month eight window that opens up and you must sign up for Part B in that eight-month window. Even if, you, even if you have COBRA insurance or you will start to pay a penalty and that penalty gets pretty expensive over time and it's a permanent penalty. You'll always pay that extra percentage uh, if, you, if you don't meet the, the criteria. Part D works similarly. Part D is your drug plan. If you do not sign up for Part D at the same time that you sign up for your Medicare, a penalty begins to accrue. And every month that you delay signing up for a Part D plan, one-tenth of 1% 1 is permanently added to your Part D costs. So if you wait a few years, you could say you could pay four and maybe 5% more for your Part D than you would have if you had gone ahead and signed up. Even if you don't take any prescription medicine at the age of 65, sign up for a minimal Part D plan. You can always change it each year during the open enrollment period, but get something in place so that you're not stuck with a penalty later. Um, other options for Medicare, of course, is the Medigap plans. They call them Medicare supplements. Uh, supplement F and Supplement G are probably the most common ones out there right now. They are private insurance plans that are designed to cover, uh, most importantly, the deductibles that are built into your Part A and Part B. Um, th these plans can be in inexpensive and they can be very expensive depending on uh, the coverage you need and the type of coverage you buy. Talk with someone who is a Medicare expert to help you through this. This is a crazy, crazy process getting signed up for Medicare and learning all the ins and outs of this is important so that you don't just make a decision based on, hey, I'm just going to do what my next door neighbor did. Well, and I think, Jim, and I know your wife does a lot on this. And one thing that I've heard is sometimes, you know, you have these many the supplement plans and it's, it's kind of I mean even though you have different companies if it's a, an f plan or a g plan you can expound on what those are in just a second but you know it it, it kind of essentially includes a lot of the same things and so one thing you have to look at with companies is one of them might start way cheaper but they might have really high rate increases later you know yes. and so those are all the things that that's why i like working with your wife and she's um, non-captive, meaning she's representing all these different companies, I think it's good to know because you don't, you know, sometimes I think some of them are almost like a bait and switch, like, right, they get you in really cheap and then they raise the premiums really high. So having someone um, not only help you with choosing the right plan for you, but also those little things that you wouldn't know by just looking at the, the quote unquote sticker price for it. Right. And the plans that are brand new, I would be very hesitant to just jump on one give them a couple of years and see what they do with the pricing. And you can also look at the ones that have been around for seven, eight, 10 years and see that they've consistently had a one and 2% increase, not a 20 and 30% increase uh -huh. like you're talking about. The good news is if you get in a plan and it's not, doesn't work out to be the way you want it to be, you do have an option to make a change in that plan each year during an open enrollment period as well. Medicare Advantage, um, depending on a situation, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, Medicare Advantage is designed to take the place of Part A and Part B, and oftentimes includes Part D with it. Um, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. Uh, a lot of it depends on cost, a lot of it depends on what it actually covers. Each one of them are different. Again, speak to an advisor about supplement plans, advantage plans, and uh, you know, look at your specific situation and what you're dealing with in the, in the health world. Uh, and that advisor can certainly help advise you as to uh, some, some of the, uh, the better plans for you as opposed to one that 
maybe works for your neighbor or someone else, you know? Well, and I think advantage plans, if I'm right, a lot of times they might have a lower monthly cost, but higher other costs. And it's important to understand that. And, you know, some yeah. people are great with that and it makes sense. And other times, you know, not so much, or, you know, if you're doing a lot of traveling, those type of things too are important. I think when you're considering. A lot of times uh, the, the prescription medicines you take will guide you as to whether you want to get an individual Part D or go with a Medicare Advantage plan, because you may find that under an Advantage plan, you can get the prescription drugs much, much lower than just buying a Part D on its own. Um, sometimes it's exactly the opposite. It depends on the mixture of, um, of medicines you're taking. And if you're prescribed something new, remember, you can make a change again at the first of the next year. You're not stuck forever in the plan that you choose. Right, okay. I don't know. Um, just a real quick kind of recap of some of the companies we work with. Look, I, I am a captive agent with U.S. Health. I do not sell anything else but United Healthcare plans through U.S. Health. My wife, on the other hand, is pretty much licensed with everybody else. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, and, and I wasn't going to put any more on there than, than what we already have up there, which is a bunch. You know, dental, vision, accident plans, uh, even some, some individual prescription plans. If somebody finds themselves um, with coverage that doesn't cover their current medication they're taking, she has actually has access to prescription coverage plans. And we've had several instances where we've helped somebody with a certain mix of prescriptions cut their prescription costs in half, even 50% even less than what you might get with a good RX app by going and, and looking at different opportunities from companies like Pram. That's the one that I like the best for um, the, uh, the prescription drug plans. But uh, she, she's the expert on these um, and uh, I, I bring her in to, to help with any, anybody that, uh, that I'm talking with and we look at options for them to make sure that we're coming back with uh, a solution that first and foremost takes care of the client, but more importantly, that mitigates risk, that puts them in a position where they're not gonna get a surprise $80,000 bill. That's really the main goal. Right. And I think it's important to, I mean, we're independent and what we do on the financial side. And I think having that is important here to know that while you might have the captive, your, you and Nancy work together. And that to me, you can't really, you have to have that independent piece because as you, everybody's needs are different. Something comes up that maybe one company doesn't cover or they don't allow for the certain doctor you want or whatever it is. Right. And you have to have the options. So um, I like that. That's why I had you on the call because I like the independence there and your knowledge on both. You know, we have a lot of times people listening and our clients, we need both, right? We need, sometimes we need the insurance before 65, before Medicare kicks in. And then there's a lot of times that it's even at that, at Medicare is now, what do I do, right? And you turn 65 or right before then, and your mailbox is bombarded with different types of stuff for, you know, Medicare supplements, I think it can be overwhelming, right? Is just trying to find the right choice. And so that's yeah. why I wanted to have it at, that you have to work with someone. And, you know, we, we learned a long time ago that we can't do everything in the, um, as far as all the retirement planning that we handle and handle all those other pieces and do health in Medicare supplements well, which is why we like to partner with uh, people like you, Jim, right? So that we're kind of collaborating, working together, and I'm letting you do what you do best. Um, so anyway, I think that's important. I just wanted to maybe recap, and if I missed anything, you kind of let me know. So we kind of kind of round out the end of the half hour here. But we, man, you shared a lot in a, in a few minutes, and I think that has been very helpful to get a good broad overview of what else is out there, you know? 
Uh, a lot of times people are, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have coverage for an employer, then that's great. And all this is kind of becomes that. But I think in the last year, even more people have found themselves going, what do I do for coverage? You know, whether it's from um, changes in their job force or change, early retirement or whatever. And it's good to know the choices. So a couple of things I think you mentioned that I don't think most people are aware of was the short-term insurance. And I think this is great, especially for someone who knows, you know, I'm 64, I'm retiring at 64 and I'm going to need insurance for a year. Or I actually was just speaking with someone uh, earlier this week and they're talking about retiring in a, in a year from now, right? And they knew that they would need coverage for like four months, okay? And that this is a, the short-term coverage is great for things like that. Um, and honestly, not many people have known about it. And, and truthfully, until we talked, Jim, I wasn't something that I was real aware of that that was an option. So I think that's uh, one thing that was really good that stuck out. Um, the other one this, and I don't know, I need to do some research, you know, I'm probably in Madison, there's more if you're in these smaller areas, the direct primary care mm -hmm. may or may not be something, but it at least is worth looking into. And then when it comes to traditional health insurance, yes, we have the marketplace, which is important to know that there's now an extension, right? When you can change plans, you're not stuck forever. And those are great if you have pre-existing conditions or things like that. But I think many people did not understand that you still can get private insurance, right? And, and I, you know, I had someone the other day, we were talking about, if you have no pre-existing conditions and you're fairly, you know, you're pretty healthy, you don't even, you just kind of go to the doctor um, when you need to, by going to the route of the marketplace plans, you're actually paying for a bunch of things you don't need, right? You know, I was talking to someone the other day and she's 60. Well, she's not really worried about maternity coverage at this point in time, right? Um, or maybe mental, so mental health coverage, you know, maybe her husband would disagree on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But, you know, you're kind of paying for things you don't need. So there is still private insurance. And when we talk about, you know, underwriting and, and excluding pre-existing conditions, you know, sometimes I think everyone thinks, oh, that's bad. How can you exclude a pre-existing condition? But on the flip side, it can be good because if you're, if you're healthy, if you've taken care of yourself, if you don't have any pre-existing conditions or you've been lucky to not have any major injuries, um, then why pay for things you don't need? And so if right. you can get underwritten and not pay for that, it's important. You know, companies, you know, when they're doing that, it's just all it is is, is them underwriting the cost, right? They know that the cost to insure you is probably going to be cheaper than the cost to insure even me. I have, you know, pre-existing conditions from accidents and different things from the past, right? So I understand that and I can go into plans looking at it and I know why they would rate. If they know that I need a surgery, of course, they're going to rate me higher, right? I'm like, you know, it's so- it's Or not, not write you at all. Yeah, or not do it at all. And I think it's important that we don't, you know, sometimes that's become like a, like taboo and it's really- the insurance company is doing it to protect themselves and all the other insurers that they, you know, the insurance that they had, because if they yep. can underwrite, they can keep the premiums lower because they're able to um, kind of prefer you based on, on your health and how you've taken care of yourself. And a lot of it is, you know, how you've taken your care of yourself. Obviously there's some things that whether hereditary or accidents or something that comes up, um, but it's important to know that there is still private insurance they, they can still underwrite and not take pre-existing conditions. That's not necessarily a bad thing, right? So right. take a look at that. And then with Medicare, of course, highlighting the keys, if you don't, you know, enroll for at least part A, right? When you turn 65 and then part B, when you're done working, 
um, you get penalized. Same with Part D. I think that's something most, I'm not sure that everyone really understands. So it's good to know that. Um, and then when it comes to supplements, while well, your mailbox gets bombarded and you get all this, I mean, there's some things, yes, a lot of the plans have to be similar in what they include, um, but there's a lot of things that are different too on their rate increase history. Um, you know, the ease of working with them, I think is important too, right? How easy it is to work with them. So instead of trying to sort through your mailbox and figure out the best option, now that's why we talked to Jim or, or Nancy and is able to kind of direct you in that way. And advantage plans, you know, they could be something too, depending on your situation and where you're at. So I think it's important that you have the knowledge and the choice of both options. And Jim, I like what you said in the beginning. You know, one thing we always do is a lot of times when people are coming to us for, for everything financial, they don't necessarily want, you know, they're coming because they want me to tell them what, you know, they want some help, right? And so we'll put things together and say, this is the way we want to do it because this is the best thing for you, but also educating on the different options out there and what it is. And I think that's what you and Nancy do based on what I've talked to you about, you know, this is what the best option is. However, there is these other options too, if you want to explore it. Um, or just understand it more. So you know that I'm not giving you something, you know, just, you know, because I said so, but, you know, this is the best option based on what you want. So I think those things are all really um, important. So anyway, I don't know if I missed anything in the recap that you want to just add on there, Jim, or? No, just that, that uh, if anyone ever has any questions about their current coverage or just has questions about options, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with someone just to say, you know what? you've got the best deal out there. Hang with it. You know, uh, my goal is not to change people from what they have. It's just to make sure that what they have is their best option. And if we can find something that gives them better coverage or the same coverage at a better price, then I'll always make those suggestions. But if, you know, if their employers paying 95% of their insurance, uh, there, there's no reason to have the conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. I, and I I will, think let me add one more real quick thing. We're seeing more and more where employers are covering the employee very, very well, but charging a lot to add spouse and children. So I have been writing a lot of policies for just the add-on piece. You know, the employer takes care of 93%, let's say, of the employee's health insurance costs, but charges a gazillion dollars to add their spouse and their kids. So we'll write a separate policy just for them and get them great coverage and sometimes save people three, four, five hundred dollars a month. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I think you you hit a couple of things or as I end on this, we often do like portfolio reviews for someone. Right. Let's just see what you have. And here's what we always say. Let's just see what you have. And if what you have is good, it'll be evident. OK, same with health insurance. If what you have is good, if it's the best for you, then when we do this review, it's going to be evident. And we're going to tell you that. And then you're just going to have more confidence. Right. You know, yep. you don't have that question mark. But if what you have is not so good or there's any issues and problems with it, then it's really important that you know what those are. OK, doesn't mean we're going to force you to change just like in the portfolio stuff, obviously. It, but it's really important to me that you understand if you don't have something good in your portfolio, why it's not good, why it could be a problem. And I think the same with health insurance, right? If it's not good, if it's not covering something, if there's something missing, it's important. And I think you and Nancy take that approach. It's important that they we understand, the individual understands why it's not good. And then from there, you can go on to make the best path to change. You know, you can either say, well, I'm okay taking this risk, or you can say, how do I change it? How do I fix it? And that's, um, but you don't know what you don't know. That's why you need to kind of do the review and have a conversation, right? 
So absolutely. So if you have questions again, if you're at that transitions page stage where you're kind of retiring, maybe you need insurance private for a while, maybe it's Medicare and you're looking at what to do, just leave, reach out. We can um, schedule a call with Jim or Nancy. And, you know, if you're fine and you're listening to this and you're like, man, but I know my kids or I know my family or my parents or whoever it is that's had questions on health insurance, share it with them because we want to make sure it's a resource and um, people at least understand what their options are. So anyway, thanks, Jim, for joining today and enjoy the rest of your good Friday celebrating uh, what our Savior did. Thank you so much. It was a, a lot of fun. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Easter weekend. Thanks. You too. Take care, Bye, everyone. Bye.